What if I told you for $1, I would introduce you to many different entrepreneurs this week. From all across the country, you'll be able to talk to many different entrepreneurs and I'll coach you for $1 this whole week. And I'll introduce you to my successful friends for a dollar this week. Would you take part of that? Well, go to morningmindsetcoffee.com because that's exactly what we're doing here. It's the only organization that gathers entrepreneurs for the betterment of entrepreneurship every single day, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Eastern. We get together, we're growing, we're learning, we're leveling up, we're building on our network, we're building on our net worth, we're earning, we're reading. We got a book club. You'll see a bunch of entrepreneurs coming together, reading the same books every single day, growing together. You need that environment to grow. MorningMindsetCoffee.com. One dollar. I'm going to give you all of this for one dollar. If you want to stay, great. It's $50 a month after that. But right now, we're still running a seasonal promotion where I think the price is somewhere around $25. So get it before the price changes again. If not, no obligation. You can leave whenever you want. All right? MorningMindsetCoffee.com. I'll see you in the morning. Welcome to the internet's number one success podcast, Into the Mind, where we break down and analyze the characteristics, strategies, and stories of successful entrepreneurs, investors, and high achievers so that together we can learn from their mistakes, be inspired by their victories, and replicate their formulas for success. I'm your host, Marlon Johnson, former parkour athlete turned real estate investor and entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to become a multimillionaire before 30 so that I can teach others how to do the same. Today, my guest is a good friend of mine who I've known for several years. He's an accomplished professional parkour athlete who's competed on both the national and international stage since 2017. He's a performer and he's on the popular television show World Chase Tag and has actually flown across the globe to travel and film with individuals like Devin Supertramp, who, if you know, has over 6 million subscribers on YouTube. As a professional athlete, movements is his passion. However, in the last few months, he's been discovering a new love for investing and entrepreneurship. During the height of the pandemic, where most people were just binge watching Netflix, he continued to train his body and also his mind, learning how to invest in the stock market, where he was able to earn some incredible returns. Since then, he's reinvested those profits into buying his first income-producing property and has his eyes set on building and growing. It's rare that we get to catch greatness in the making. So please help me in welcoming Ethan Guzman. What's going on, bro? Whew. I mean, I would say not much, but there's actually a lot going on. But yeah, thank you for that amazing introduction. I'm definitely honored to be on the podcast and to share my story and what I've learned. Dude, I'm looking forward to having you on here, man. Like I've been saying it for a while that we got to get this podcast together. I'm feeling super hyped up and super energized today. It's February 1st. So I don't know when people are listening to this in the future, but I'm excited right now. So Ethan, I want to jump into your history, right? I don't want to ask you what is parkour because people can simply go to your YouTube channel and figure everything out right there. However, what I do want to find out about you is before the entrepreneurship and even like before the parkour, like who were you? Like, I want to dive into your history and get a sense of who you were. Wow. Honestly, before parkour, um, I was the exact opposite. I was really insecure. I was really unmotivated and super lazy. 
Uh, I found parkour in eighth grade. So before that, I was just a kid, but I was just a very unmotivated kid that didn't really have that many interests um, or that many passions, honestly. Uh, so it was definitely a black, a black and white, uh, like kind of zero to 100 per se, uh, once I found parkour and found passion for growing and trying hard and, and life. <laughs> yeah, you know what? And I remember you and I like spoke about this in the past where I thought it was really interesting how you said when, you know, parkour came into your world, when it was something that you actually found you had a enjoyment for, it, it woke something up in you, which was pretty interesting. You know, I'm curious to hear you speak about that, like to kind of share what that like, because it sounded like it was a pretty pivotal moment. Oh, definitely, definitely. Parkour lit my fire for growing, for growth as a person. Um, parkour was the first thing that was worth struggling for, that was worth working mm. hard for, uh, to just because I loved it. It literally lit my my fire for passion, to be passionate about movement as well as life in general. That's really cool, right? Because I, I like the way you said that. Because, you know, of course, as a former parkour athlete, I mean, that's where you and I know each other. That's the world. That's the community we met in. And um, as I transferred into entrepreneurship, I would still tell people when they said, like, you don't do parkour anymore. I would actually say, like, no, this is my parkour. And what you just said, where parkour was one of the first areas that taught you how to, like, struggle, but for something meaningful, right, where you embrace the struggle. I, I think that's pretty interesting because you know, now that you're in entrepreneurship, it's the same sort of situation where there's a struggle to embrace. So, you know, let's, let's dive into this, right? So you, first off, as a parkour athlete, I gotta, if people don't know, like, seriously, like y'all need to go check out Ethan's YouTube page, check out his Instagram. I'm not joking. Like it is content. I'll tell you this, bro. When I started getting into entrepreneurship, I started unfollowing a lot of people. I started getting rid of like a lot of distractions. I could not unfollow you. Like I tried, <laughs> bro. I really tried, but like you just Dude. do way too many cool things. Dude, I'm not going to lie. It was the same for you because as soon I only follow parkour athletes on my athlete account. And once you started to focus on entrepreneurship and real estate investing, I started to see that. And I was like, I like I almost instinctively like automatically just unfollowed because it wasn't parkour content. But I looked through your posts and I was like, oh, this is this is kind of dope. I'm going to keep following them, too. So right back at you, bro. Dude, I love that. I love that. So real quick. Right. I want to you know go over a little bit of your parkour history because I think it leads up and it's a good segue into what you're doing in the world of entrepreneurship, where in parkour, you you rose through the ranks pretty quickly, in my opinion. Right. Like. You came into the space and you accelerated your skills to the point of becoming a professional athlete. Like, what was that? Was that something that just happened haphazardly or, you know, how did that come about? Because it's you don't find too many people that take any sport to that professional athletic level. Definitely, definitely not just happened. Um, I wouldn't say it was it was definitely a conscious decision to like put in that work. But yeah, I started parkour back in 2015. I was 15, year old, 15 years old at the time. And I initially just started because I wanted to be like the characters from my childhood, Spider-Man, Assassin's Creed, things like that. Um, and, but I stayed for what parkour stood for and what it taught me. For what it stood for, like 
there's the phrase, I'm sure you've heard it. Parkour is a lifestyle. Isn't mm -hmm. just a sport. It's a lifestyle. Now parkour as a sport is putting an obstacle in front of you, not backing down to it and learning how to overcome it. Now as a lifestyle, at least the way that I see it is essentially using that mindset. If there's an obstacle in your way, metaphorically a, a life problem, learning how to get over it and setting your own goals, like trying to learn a flip and then doing whatever it takes to learn that. Um, and then just applying that to every other part of your life. Man, I love that. I couldn't have said it better myself. And that's why I tell people when they say like, hey, you don't do parkour anymore. I'm like, no, I, I absolutely do. Like, do you know the amount of hoops and hurdles I had to jump through in the past two weeks to get a deal done like that we just got done today? Like, holy crap, like those were obstacles. Like I'm overcoming challenge in my way every single day. So I like that you you noticed that, right? That parkour was a culture, it's a lifestyle. And then you essentially, you set for yourself a pretty, pretty big goal, right? Like, so the becoming a exactly. professional wasn't just on accident. Yeah. And to more, to clarify what you asked about, like, how did I rise through the ranks per se? Um, and honestly get to where I am now compared to like, compared to others or in general, mm -hmm. uh, my learning curve, my learning curve was relatively faster and it's honestly because of what you just said, setting goals. I honestly love at the start of your podcast, every single time you announce your goal, that your goal is to be a multimillionaire by 30. Because by announcing your goal, you're telling the world, and that's just a little bit more accountability. Um, so yeah, like setting goals, I'd say is the number one thing that um, inspired me to, and pushed me to go as far as I have. But honestly, adding on to that, I subconsciously learned what I call the success formula. Um, I'm not sure. Have, are you, have you heard of the success formula at all? I, I don't know. Right. I'm like, once you said that, I was like, Ooh, like, I'm oh, curious. Yeah. Oh yeah. So at least for me personally, uh, and I learned, again, I learned this through parkour, the success formula, I'm going to give it to you straight, is to set a goal, make a plan, execute the plan, and then adjust the plan. If you do that, you can apply, you can apply that to as to the smallest goal. The smallest goal for me was just learning individual skills or the highest goal, trying to become a pro athlete. And of course, there goes way more into it, but that's kind of like the base. Well, you know what? It makes perfect sense, right? So for anyone that didn't catch that, either rewind and listen to that again because you just dropped a gem or listen to it right now, which is step one is set a goal. Step two is make a plan. Step three is execute on that plan. And then step four, which is beautiful, adjust the plan because, you know, things are going to happen. But I love that yep, it's not adjust happens. the goal. You're not changing the finish line. You're not changing the target. You're just changing how you're going to get there. Exactly, exactly. And I'd love to dive a little bit deeper into the success formula, because I honestly was preparing for the podcast and wanted to give as much useful content to the audience as possible. So if you're down for it, I'd love to break it down a bit more, bro. Let's dive in deep. This is what it's about. This podcast is meant to bring value. So I love this. Like people, if you're listening to this, if you're loving this right now, make sure you share this with a friend. So Ethan, dive into okay. it, bro. There you go. There you go. So uh, the first step being set the goal. First, people need to realize how massively important it is to set goals and 
the weight behind setting a goal for yourself is like setting a goal for yourself is tell is promising your future self that you're going to do what you need to do to make to achieve that goal. And if you achieve that goal, you you trust yourself a little bit more when you when you make another goal. Uh, and that's exactly what self-confidence is, believing in yourself. And when you increase your self-confidence, then you start to believe even more and more is possible. But it's a double-edged sword. If you fail to hit your goal, and failing to hit your goal is extremely different than failing in general. Failing to hit your goal, as in you fail and you just give up, you lied, you lied to yourself. You literally told yourself you would do something, and then you gave up on yourself. And then that creates self-doubt. It creates insecurity. It creates all of the things that go against being a high achiever. So setting a goal is a very, very heavy thing that people need to realize and need to do. Bro. Okay. So we got to, we got to pause there for a second because you just said something that I don't think I've actually heard anyone else ever say, right? Or if they've said it, it's been so long that I don't remember it. You just said that when you set the goal, it's a double-edged sword. And I think that's something that most people never address. And people on a subconscious level understand this and they feel this. And when they're wondering why they don't want to set specific goals and speak it out loud is because they're afraid of this double-edged sword. Because that's the thing about the double-edged sword. It could hurt the other person. It could chop through your obstacles, but it could also chop through yourself if you don't use it properly. So if we're setting these goals and then we're not achieving it, it could ultimately, like you said, it could start to break us down. But at the same time, it has just an equal amount of power, if not more, to build us up. So I, I love exactly. that, man. There you go. There you go. And I'd say the second step to setting a goal, which most people forget, is to, like, is to create a deadline. All right? Figure out how far the target is so you know how much work you need to put in every day up until that deadline. So like my deadline right now, my goal for, you know, six figure February, like that's a solid goal. Like we got like the deadline February by February 28th. Like we've got to have done six figures in revenue. <laughs> there you so, go. Yeah, there morning, you go. Every morning I'm telling Always my team like, goal. all right, yeah, we, we got to go. Like we already started off February 1st. We just got a deal in the bag today. It's like, all right, cool. How many more of these do we need to get there? So exactly. I'm glad like I'm exactly. following like dude, I'm following the steps right now. I'm like, all right, we got the goal, <laughs> dude, we got the plan. <laughs> dude, you're a high achiever. All high achievers, I promise you, use this formula. And it, it's like it's just something that I realized I was doing each time. Like after I would achieve like a pretty high goal that I didn't expect, I realized that this formula is what I was doing subconsciously or con- or like actually consciously each time. But yeah, choosing a deadline, because I think the mo- one of the biggest reasons why people don't follow through with their goals is because they don't choose a deadline and they don't have that pressure of like a timer, like slowly counting down. If you, uh, if you like want to lose weight, for example, uh, and you say, I want to lose 20 pounds, but that's it, then you have no reason to, to make each day count. You can just push it off to the next day that like, there's no pressure. But if you say, I want to lose 20 pounds in two weeks, don't reference me on that. I don't know what a healthy time frame for losing <laughs> weight is, but nonetheless, if you're trying to lose 20 pounds in two weeks, you're going to make sure that you do everything that you can each day to get to that goal. I agree. Can I be honest with you? Right? Like 
I actually set appointments for myself and put things on my calendar where it involves other people, like like how you and I had this appointment to get on today, right? I do that as a form of setting a timer for myself of knowing like, all right, shoot, when four o'clock rolls around, I got to be ready for Ethan, which means leading up till that, I need to get all my other work done because right after this, I've got another call at five and then I set myself into a place where there's this healthy amount of pressure that's forcing me to perform. It's forcing me to finish. It's forcing me to execute and get things done because if if I leave it up to myself, and I don't have a, a timer going against me, it's going to take forever. So exactly, I absolutely agree exactly. with you. Exactly. I feel like, yeah, humans, like our like society in general and kind of humans in general, we definitely have procrastinating habits. But exactly, by setting calendars, by setting deadlines, you create a little bit of pressure to counteract that procrastination. But like moving on. So we said, set the goal and then effectively set the goal by choosing a deadline. Now the planning phase, the planning phase is doing research on the topic related to your goal. If I was trying to learn a flip when I, when I would try to learn a flip, especially when I very first started, uh, I look up as many YouTube tutorials on how to do the trick as possible so that I could actually understand what I was getting myself into. And if I was prepared to start learning the trick or if I needed to go back a couple steps and learn some easier tricks. And you know what? I, I want to like piggyback off that. Cause I think that's something that we, in the day of instant gratification, that part gets skipped over a lot, which is why I love having a podcast, which is why I like having a platform like this, where we have longer format, because when we're only seeing the highlight reels, we're not seeing the performance or the preparation that goes into that. The planning and preparation are absolutely critical to the actual completion of a goal. And that part, honestly, it's not really all that sexy, right? It's like, it's the repetition of learning. It's the, it almost seems like inaction sometimes from, uh, from the outside. Right. But those things are so important. Exactly. Exactly. Like if you plan to do go, if you plan to go to a competition as your goal, and competing in the competition is the executing phase. You're not just going to wait and sit around until the competition happens. You're going to prepare for it. You're going to train for it. And in the same light, if you're going to say stock trade, uh, like for example, since that was one of my most recent goals that I hit, like you don't just throw your money in the stock market and see what happens that you're going to lose your money instantly. You have to do research and understand the concept that you're trying to apply in your life so that you can avoid mistakes and like kind of maximize your gains. So I got a question for you and I'm sure somebody is thinking this, right? What is the fine line in your opinion, right? What's the fine line between preparation and procrastination? Because I've seen also the individuals that they're like, well, I'm just studying. It's like, well, great. You've been studying for 12 years. When are you going to pull the trigger? So is there a fine line? I'd say the fine line is the deadline. Like you should have a deadline that is essentially keeping you on your toes. That isn't too, too far away to the point that you do need to put in, put in the work and you know that you need to put in the work, but it shouldn't be, but also again, double-edged sword. It should, the deadline shouldn't be so soon that you're like having a panic attack every time that you, every time you look at your calendar. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I love it. So that right there, that's a fantastic answer actually. And I, I recommend that, right? Actually, Pick a deadline, like put something on the calendar and then prepare as much as you can 
And when you get to that point, all right, cool, jump, like see how much preparation you've done, get some real life feedback. And then if you realize, oh my gosh, I'm not prepared enough, then you have information, you have data points to work with. So I'm going to shut up and let you keep going, man, because this is great, bro. Oh yeah, dude, I'm, I'm running, I'm running with it. So the next step is beyond doing research. So once you've done your research and you understand the concept, whether that's for parkour or entrepreneurship, or again, this formula can be applied to anything, literally anything, no matter how big or small is figure out how big your goals are or how small your goals are and make those short-term goals, like your daily goals to weekly goals, your midterm goals, um, like your like within three months, within six months, within a year type goals, and then your long-term goals, which is like, whether that be three to five years, five to 10 years, but the really big ones that honestly might not even seem possible at first until you've put in those years of work. Um, and of course those timelines are going to change. Like if it's a relatively small goal, like, um, like again, like losing 10 pounds, you you're, you don't need to plan 10 years ahead for that. Uh, but try, if you're going to, the higher you aim, the more short-term goals, midterm goals, and long-term goals they're going to be. Yeah. I, you know what? I agree with that. Cause I think we were talking about this, even like, um, this morning or like a week ago, something along the lines of when you, when you want to start making a goal, right? It sounds like you're saying, I'm going to want to actually, you know, set something big and then the bigger I set it, the more of these like kind of milestones, I like to call them milestones, the more milestones I'm going to need to put out there to basically track and not only know if I'm moving in the right direction, but also really just personally, I like to get that feeling of like, all right, I accomplished something. I, I completed something. Exactly. I, I can't wait for the end. I can't just wait for that one big like hit of dopamine. Like I got to get little hits along the way. Oh, 100%. 100%. Definitely. It definitely uh, keeps you centered. Because like, if you do set a super high goal, like being a pro athlete, or like financial freedom, like if you just set just that goal, and don't plan out exactly how you're going to get there from a daily time frame to a yearly time frame, then it's no matter what you do, it's going to feel impossible the whole way through. <laughs> and that's and that amount of anxiety is, is very crippling. Like that's why most people, in my opinion, don't chase their dreams. It's because they get that feeling when they think of that, their dream goal, and then they don't go any further. They're like, I don't like this anxiety. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna think about it. Like it's not possible. You know what? I was just gonna say, that's why I feel like a lot of people are in a place where they know what they want, right? Some people have figured out what they want, but then they're not taking action on it. And you're scratching your head trying to figure out why won't this person move towards it. And you realize in their mind, they haven't, broken down the action items into small enough steps so their first step is actually looking like it's a you know a 10 foot high wall versus like shrinking and chopping it down so that their first step is simply getting on top of the curb exactly exactly and yeah as we've all heard getting started is the hardest part because it feels like you're just getting started and it's years away or like the, the goal that you want to hit is years away, but little do you realize that there's small, there's smaller goals that you can hit by today or tomorrow to work up to that goal. I love it. So we got set a goal, right? We got make yep. the plan. 
And then we've got actually now beginning to to execute on the plan, right? Where they're actually taking action on it, right? So this fourth step, though, this one's a little interesting, right? Um, Which is where you say they want to adjust the plan. Can you break that down Um, a little bit? So, yes, to adjust the plan is simply things not going according to plan, whether that is failing, um, failing to hit your goal, or whether that's just life, just, you know, life happens sometimes. Um, Learning to learn from the failure or learn from the random circumstance that there is and then adjust the plan accordingly. For example, if your goal is to learn a backflip in a week and you sprain your ankle, you need to adjust your plan to, okay, time to rehab, make sure my ankle is even stronger than before. And then in two weeks, I'll work on the backflip again. If you stay in, yeah, in that rigid mindset of, I need, I need this plan to be it. If you don't hit it, then you're going to give up. And that's true failure. (laughs) See, and I like that, right? Because if people are really listening, they're hearing what you're saying, they would recognize that you're not changing the finish line, right? Like there's a part of you that is, it's so funny, right? People will say, don't be stubborn. And some people say, no, no, you need to be stubborn. And there's like this fight. And I believe be stubborn on the right thing, right? You're Mm going to be stubborn on your goal. You're going to be persistent on your goal. However, how you get there, that's where you're willing to be flexible, right? There's certain places where we can be flexible and there's certain places where it's like, hey, I can't bend. I can't fold. Exactly. So that's really crucial. Because I think when people mess up, they interpret it as, oh, my gosh, the goal I set was way too high. Shoot, I was trying to be mm-hmm. a pro athlete. Maybe I should just try to become a, you know, just a, maybe I'll get amateur, right? Mm, you know what? This is kind of tough, too. Yep. Maybe I'll just become really good in my local community. Ooh, there's still, like, 10 people better than me. Maybe I'll just, you know, be happy with just – and they keep lowering the bar lower and lower and lower. The challenge lowering is their that standards. Is you're – Exactly. Your standards will always be kept going lower and lower. We don't want to lower our standards. We want to raise, rise to the occasion by just simply changing the methodology of how we get there. We got to be able to adjust and adapt. So I freaking love that, bro. There you go. Um, and I'd say there's definitely a big, big um, elephant in the room of it's easier said than done. Like, mm. Having this formula doesn't mean that you're guaranteed success, but it does like it does maximize your chances of success, and it really comes down to discipline. I think of I think of motivation as like the fuel, and discipline the vehicle to get you to the the vehicle to get your get you to your goal. So the more things that you do to motivate you, the more di- the more disciplined you'll be. And the biggest thing that's helped increase my motivation is accountability, honestly. Um, Cause I've, I'm, rel- I'm pretty motivated initially from the why, from the end goal and wanting it bad. But no matter how motivated you get, there are those days where you're just not feeling it. You just don't want to get out of bed. We've all felt it. That's where like accountability can help in, and I, I honestly stumbled onto that when I started my YouTube channel, um, because telling the world that I wanted to become a pro athlete when I was still just learning my front flip, it 
it pushed me. It put a new level of pressure on me. Seeing the comments of people saying, dude, you got this. I really believe in you. I hope you make it. It made me want to make them proud and inspire them to chase their dreams as well. And the, and the biggest fear I think people have with accountability or telling people their dreams is um, the haters. But you can, you can even use that as long as you're, you're strong-minded enough as motivation to want to prove them wrong. Bro, let's go. We got to talk about this right now because you just got me way too excited about this topic. And I agree with you 1,000%. Like, hopefully people can hear it in my voice. Like, this is probably one of the secret life hacks of the 21st century. The fact that we have social media, the fact that we are able to keep accountability partners literally from across the globe, that when you start to put it out there and you start to share it with people, there's going to be this uncomfortable feeling of like, oh my gosh, everyone knows what I'm up to now. Yeah, that's the point. Because now, how embarrassing will it be if I back down from what I said I would do publicly? Right, I made a very public statement. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to use that as a healthy pressure. Now, I'm not just going to go run my mouth and say whatever. I'm going to think about what I actually want. And then I'm going to put it out there so that when people see me, they're going to say, hey, how's it going? Or like you said, when your fans, when people are actually like believing in you on the days you don't believe in yourself, you can actually borrow their faith. And you can, it's almost like Dragon Ball Z. It's like Goku, like doing a spirit bomb, just like taking other people's <laughs> energy. Just like, let's go. Let's exactly. go. So Exactly, bro. And that's why I recommend like utilizing this tool for discipline, using accountability after the planning phase. Because like you were saying, you don't want to just run your mouth and say that you're going to do anything. But if you've put in the research, like you've planned it out exactly how you're going to do it, then you have enough foundation to tell the world I'm doing this. It's true. And, you know, I'll share something on that, right? Because personally, that's how I continued to keep going in real estate, right? It's the same thing with parkour, but real estate's my current vehicle. And that's what I did. I just started getting on social media. The purpose of me getting on social media was for that accountability, was for the fact that, hey, you know, the world just shut down, COVID's happening, and I needed people that were going to help keep me fired up and fueled up. So I was like, hey, world, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to be a real estate investor. I'm going to be very successful at this. I'm going to figure out how to do this from my bedroom and in my pajamas, and you're all going to help me or laugh at me when I fail. Either way, there's going to be something, like something's going to happen here. And I leveraged the social media, and I wish more people would do that because I see a lot of people on social media and a lot of people are simply only consuming and I'm all about consuming. Like I said, I consume your content. I consume other people's content, but I also consume for the purpose of then gathering to produce. That's why I'm consuming. So I can reproduce. I can make content as well. And I, I, yes. wish I could get, Ethan, if I could get people to produce more content, I'd be the happiest person on the planet. Dude. Yes, dude. Being a consumer versus a creator. Of course, it's not black and white. You're not just one or just the other. But get it like I think it's very dangerous to get into the mindset that you're only a consumer for social media because that, in my opinion, doesn't really add anything. Um, It just adds procrastination and another vehicle for distraction. Look, I know you're enjoying the episode, but you all asked for it and it's finally here. 
We finally created a space for us to come together every day and have these kinds of conversations. Not just be a fly on the wall and listen, but actually be in the room talking to one another, throwing ideas back and forth about mindset, business, entrepreneurship, growth, the books we're reading, the conferences we're going to, the conferences we're hosting, everything under the sun that has to do with entrepreneurship. You name it, we're talking about it. That's right, MorningMindsetCoffee.com. Every day, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Eastern, we're getting together with entrepreneurs from all over the world so that we can grow together. You heard it a million times over. Your network is your net worth. So for $1, you can get into a room that will change your life. What are you waiting for? MorningMindsetCoffee.com. I'll see you in the morning. Now back to the episode. It, you're spot on, man. And it's it's a characteristic trait. It's a character trait of, honestly, it it's not just like on social media. It blends into everything, right? So you did this as a parkour athlete. You saw, you consumed parkour. Then you went out and you produced movement, right? You later exactly. on saw entrepreneurship. You saw trading and the markets. You consumed and then later you went to produce. A lot of people never make it to that production phase. And I want them to understand, like, if you're listening to this podcast, hopefully you're listening for instruction. You're listening for motivation or energy or influence so that you can go and produce and create for yourselves. So, there you go. There you go. I love that. So what I want to do is I want to pull us back now over to, you know, essentially the the steps you gave us for how to actually accomplish right on the success formula here you applied this formula we already know you applied it in in parkour which by the way god i really can't emphasize enough go look at the man's youtube channel go check out his instagram like it is sick like i just i love it then you started to apply the success formula towards stock options you actually stepped into a whole new realm i am so curious what encouraged that transition because those worlds and communities are two very like parkour athletes don't talk to me about stocks. Like it just, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Yeah, it definitely doesn't happen. I, it, yeah. One of the most frustrating things was I, I teach private lessons at a parkour gym. Um, and one of my coworkers, when I was telling him my story or like my plan, essentially, he said, dude, you're just trying to get rich quick. Like what, like, bro, it's not going to work. And I was like, Oh man, he, he, completely <laughs> missed the point. he completely missed the point, but that's okay. I'll just, I'll just show him later. <laughs> Dude, I love that. That's the, that's the mentality. Um, we actually have a saying, right? Hey, you can show me better than you can tell me. And everyone exactly. saw someone, like starts saying like, Hey, like I, they, I'm like, listen, bro, you're going to, and if you show me, I'll get it way faster than if you just tell me. Exactly. So I like but that. Yeah. Mentality went there. Going back to what? Okay. Well, remind me. What was the original what, question again? Yeah. So I wanted to know, like, what what initiated? Like, what was the catalyst for that transition? Ah, all right. All right. Well, yeah. I definitely like to go back a little bit just for some context. So my goal. Uh, was to be a professional parkour athlete. And my deadline was by the end of high school. Um, and I did make it to what most people call being a professional athlete. Like I've competed internationally in Sweden, Italy, Canada, the US. I've created friends all over the world and got to train and compete with other professional athletes. And I've gotten to do performances and all of that amazing stuff. 
but I aimed even higher than that. My goal was to be a professional athlete that could make a comfortable living off of parkour. And for those listening that don't understand how high that is, there's probably <laughs> less than five athletes that that can that make a living off of just being a professional athlete in training. Um, and I sadly didn't hit it. And honestly, again, like we said, goals is goals are um, a double-edged sword. And the bigger the goal, the bigger the sword. And spending the past, spending 2015 to 2020, like chasing pro athlete as well as trying to make a living off of the sport, and then not hitting this the latter goal was pretty soul crushing. Of course, I quitting was never part of was never never touched my mind when I failed. Um, when I failed to make a living on parkour, th- make a living through parkour by 2020. But nonetheless, it was very soul crushing, and it didn't make me quit parkour, but it did make me question the journey that I was on and the path that I was following. Um, the and that's the honest, that's honestly the only regret I have because rather than adapting my plan a becoming like being a pro athlete so that I could do parkour with my friends where whenever, whenever I wanted, um, I fell back. I fell back on a plan B that everyone else had set for me. Um, and I agreed to nonetheless, but, um, yeah, that everyone else wanted for me, which was to go to college. And this brings me to another point. Like every, I feel like whenever I say, whenever people say, oh, I'm not in college, like people instantly go to the extremist of, uh, if you don't go to college, then you hate college. You think that it's a complete waste of time and money. And that is, that's not true. The only thing that I personally am saying is that it's not a one size fit all fits all. And more specifically, it's a very specific, you have to be this exact size for in order to fit that role of a college student. Um, and it wasn't for me. So going back to the original, like now we're hitting what now I'm going to answer what you were saying. I did my first year of college. Um, I did my first year of college and it was the most unproductive year since I started parkour. Like I was just doing random busy work that I knew for for a fact, I wasn't going to remember, um, like six months from then. And I could feel my fire starting to dwindle, like the fire to make the most of each day. Like I felt that for five years straight because I was able to just focus on parkour, the number one thing I love. But as soon as I made something that everyone else thought was best for me, the top priority, that fire started to dwindle and I started to not, I started to sleep in. I started to stay up late. I started to slow my working out and my training. And that was the catalyst losing, starting to lose my fire was I need to do something. I need to change what my life is right now, man, dude. Okay. Hold up for a second because you just that bro, you say things sometimes and like, they light such a freaking like fire, like a little like atom bomb goes off inside my chest where I'm like, how does this guy get me so hyped up right now? And <laughs> what you just said that 
like the fire, you started to recognize it because I know somebody is like at home, just like listening to this and just like, oh my gosh, like he's talking to my soul where the fire, you felt it dwindling. And the fact that you said for five years straight, you had this fire in you that made you make the most out of every single day. Like people that are listening right now, when is the last time that you thought to yourself, like, wow, I am genuinely consistently consecutively making the most out of every single day. Like I'm excited. Like every day I'm waking up and it feels like Christmas to a lot of people. That's uh, that's not normal. That's very abnormal to be excited about every single day. And I think it's abnormal that we think it's abnormal. I think it's weird that we think it's weird to not be excited about your own life. Like, dude, bro, it's at, what so what society counts as abnormal especially with everything that i've learned is so is so messed up like you're trying to be a multimillionaire by 30 my goal is to retire off of passive income by 25 if i miss that goal i'm going to aim for 30 if i miss that goal 35 40 45 50 55 60 65 and then i'm on the same standard as society like that just <laughs> Bro, like, why would you plan to retire at 65? Like, why wouldn't you try to aim, like, work as hard as you can to retire sooner? It's so interesting. It's it's a mindset shift. And, like, I'm glad we're having this conversation. Like, hopefully somebody is, like, listening to this right now and they're thinking, wow, I'm not crazy. I'm not the only person that thinks this way because I felt like I was crazy for thinking like this. I felt like I was like, there's something wrong with me because everyone else – seems to be just going along with this and they're smiling about it. And I don't get it. I don't get it, bro. And I'm telling you this, I'm telling you this podcast, it might do, it might get a ton of views. And honestly, it might get a ton of views because it's, it's controversial. Like I'm a 20 year old saying these things like you're 20, 25, correct? 20, no, dude, I just turned 28, bro. Oh, well, happy birthday, my guy, but 28, <laughs> saying this i'm sure there's going to be a good amount of like older people who are going to be like you guys you guys have no idea what you're talking about and i'm sure there's going to be other people saying like oh you just come from a rich family blah 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 blah, and those are the haters but the simple fact of the matter is like you said it's a mindset you can either you can either just simply choose to believe that your discipline is stronger than any your discipline is stronger than any obstacles you may face, or you can just blame the obstacles and stay where you are. Yeah, like, I, I couldn't agree with you more. So, I mean, I, I'm going to prevent myself. I'm going to like hold it because I, I want to dive deeper down this conversation. And at the same sure, time, I want to pull people back to diving into 100%. your story on how you, so you're experiencing parkour, yeah. you are freaking loving life, five years gunning after your goal of becoming a professional athlete and with that also being able to support yourself financially at a state uh, or a standard that you consider like, yo, this is comfortable for me. This is my standard purely off of parkour. That goal doesn't happen by the age of 20. You know, you gave yourself five years to make it happen or by the age of 18, really. Um, no 20. And then you, this, your family or your influence, your environment says, well, do the normal thing, go to college. And you're there in your first year of college. It's, super bland because not because there's anything wrong with it, but just because it doesn't fit you, you feel your fire dwindling. So what starts to happen there? So 
instead of closing my mind, like I did for that year and just letting other people tell me what I should do, I opened my mind again and started to ask myself the important questions. What do I want to do to do? What can I do to, to get where I want to get? Mm -hmm. So I started looking up other careers besides uh, careers that had to do with college degrees um, that would fit what I wanted. I started doing research. Um, and I essentially broke down finding a career into four categories, which was flexibility. If I like, I needed flexibility to be able to travel when I wanted for these stunt jobs, for these competitions, for these performances, it needed to be relatively high paying because the whole point of a job (laughs) (laughs) and then, um, barrier to entry, how, how much resources, whether that's time, energy, or money would I need to put to at least enter the field and start having the chances to make money. And in the end, I ultimately found uh, entrepreneurship as well as sales. Um, And because both of those hit all the goals, like as an entrepreneur, you're your own boss, you set your own hours. There's opportunity for extremely high pay, depending on the route that you want to take in entrepreneurship. And there's little to no barrier to entry, at least for me, for my plan for entrepreneurship, which was to learn how to stock trade. And that this comes back to honestly the success formula. So I was in the research phase um, and then I found a mentor. My, so this was the very big advantage that I had. Um, my mom has been trading for over 20 years. So I asked her to start teaching me. Um, and yeah, from there, <laughs> I used an extreme amount of accountability. Um, following the success formula to set the goal, set a deadline and use accountability to keep me to it. I told my family, uh, once I gra- once I finished my first year, if I make $25,000 off of the stock market before the start of my second year of college, will you guys let me pursue entrepreneurship? And my dad said, Sure, Ethan, we'll let you chase entrepreneurship <laughs> if you can make twenty five thousand dollars. <laughs> um, and of course, of course, he didn't think I was going to do it. But nonetheless, he supported me. And I'm extremely grateful for that. And more importantly, he gave me the green light. If I could make it happen, then then I could start chasing my dream again. And that's all I needed. Just that dim little light to start to like increase my fire again. Yo, that's wicked cool because you just described entrepreneurship in a nutshell. And I want to break it down in a different way so that people can really catch it and understand what I mean when I say that, where you found an opportunity. First off, like you said, you started doing the research. I think if anyone says they've never Googled how do I become rich or like what's the most (laughs) amount of money I can make for the least amount of work or anything along those lines, you are totally lying to yourself. We've all had those Google searches like how to become rich by next year. Dude. <laughs> and that's the thing. If you haven't if you haven't then you just already think it's impossible, which isn't good. And if you have and you still haven't pursued it, then you haven't done enough research. <laughs> Cuz the answers are out there. Success breeds success. It is Dude. absolutely out there. So I like the that answers you, are out there. Yep, so I like you you start researching it, you find a lane you find a mentor, which is cool. It happened to be like through your mom, which is amazing. And then you get your environment to get on board. 
right? So, you know, you recognize like, hey, I, I'm home. I'm going to see my family. So I, I kind of need them to be on board with this, or it'd be nice to have them on board. So you get the green light. And what I want to highlight there for everybody is the fact that you bet on yourself. Like you made a bet, like you literally like went to the casino and you're like, all right, cool. Like I'm putting it all on, I'm putting it all on black. And that's what needs to be done. Like it's a scary, I imagine for you, like I know for myself, it was like a scary moment of like, it was a gut check moment of like, wow, like I'm really betting on me right now. At the same time, I was like, do I feel like I shouldn't do this? Like, no, if there was a best bet to make, this is the, the only bet that makes any sense. This is the only thing I have control of. It's my effort. Exactly. Because the very, very worst thing that could happen was I can like, I failed to make the 25,000 and I just continue going to college. I continue the same level of living that I was already living. So it was a no brainer. Um, But yeah, so I told them and they agreed to it. And then another level of accountability, um, Again, I started my YouTube channel and all of my social medias back in 2015 to document my journey across, uh, uh, to document my journey to becoming a pro athlete and have it, and it has now since gained over 150,000 followers um, across the platforms. So I figured I'd tell them too. And yeah, that was extremely terrifying. And the amount of the amount of like backlash was definitely was definitely scary, but still motivating. So I still used it. (laughs) I love that. And that's the power of leveraging the community. And oh, my gosh, like I like there's so many avenues to take this conversation right now. So I'm going to like we're not going to harp on this, but I just want to highlight the fact that through your earlier endeavors, you built up certain things, you built up certain skills. And as you moved into the next thing, you were actually able to transfer those skills, right? You'd built a social media following for parkour, for parkour. And now you're able to leverage that same following for fuel for the next endeavor. So these skills, these disciplines, these habits are all stackable. And I want people to understand that because some people are afraid like, well, what if I choose the wrong thing? You don't, there isn't a choosing the wrong thing. If you stick with it, it becomes stackable. It gets added into your repertoire. So I just wanted to highlight that because people are like, I think that holds a lot of folks back thinking, I'm going to choose the wrong thing. So you choose the stocks, you make a bet with dad. You say like, yo, I got to make 25 K or it's back to college with me. What happened? Mm -hmm. So, um, at, at once I got the green light, it was grind time. Like all of that accountability pressure and the pressure of, I need to make this happen to achieve my dreams. I did what I needed to do. Uh, I was in the research phase and I spent about two to three months um, going to bed at 9 p.m., being asleep by 10.30, canceling all of my plans uh, after that time, and then waking up at 6.30, preparing for the stock market open, staring at my computer uh, from market open to market close, which is from 9.30 to 4 p.m., and then I'd spend from 5 to 7 p.m. doing research for the next day's market open. And then I'd give myself about an hour to unwind and relax and watch like a Netflix show or whatever because, you know, self-care is important. But yeah, I essentially did like the stock market. I studied the stock market for two to three months before I actually put any money in. Um, 
And then I used the eight thousand. I used the eight thousand dollars that I made um, from the past four years of private lessons um, into investing in the stock market. I tried learning how to day trade, um, and th- that's where the execution phase comes in. Like I was actually making the moves. I put the money in, and I was actually buying and selling stocks and options. Um, and something very important about the execution phase is that's the trial and error phase. Like that's where you're learning from your failures and you have to be resilient and you have to be okay with that failure. And I learned that from, again, parkour, learning a flip, you're going to fall, fall in your face 20, 30 times, two hours straight, but you need to get up and just trust that each failure is getting you closer to success and that the failure isn't just face value. But nonetheless, um, I probably lost that the failure in entrepreneur in stock trading was I put 8,000 in and probably within the first two to three weeks, I lost like 3000 of it. And seeing that go away was terrifying. It, the self doubt was starting to creep in the insecurity was starting to creep in. Like, am I, am, am I messing up? Did I do the wrong stuff? But like you said, these disciplines are stackable been five years of parkour with every skill that I learned having to fall on my face and fail over and over and over only to know, only to realize that I, in the end, it works out in the end, the failures aren't for nothing. You do get the, you do achieve the goal. Um, and I just trusted that discipline and I kept on failing. Um, and then it got to the point where I was green on all of my weekly trades and it wasn't a lot. It was like a hundred dollars a week, but nonetheless, I wasn't losing money, which is good. But this is where I got lucky because one trade turned a $2,000 investment into $40,000 profit. Um, yeah. And that was insane. <laughs> so let's, I gotta, I gotta break two things down there, right? Cause you said two things that I want to highlight again. You said the first thing was when you started investing, you had like within the first three week period, this moment where it's trial and error and you're just getting beat up by the trials, essentially, you know, you're losing approximately $3,000 out of your 8,000, which if people were listening, they heard the length of time it took you to acquire that was, you know, about four years of teaching private lessons. So we got four years to accumulate and then we've got three weeks to lose almost half of it. That's a scary stinking feeling. And that's where a lot of people are at, where they're still looking at money and currency in the form of time. So they're just looking at like, oh my gosh, like it took me three weeks to spend four years. Jeez, that's scary. Like, yeah, that's a formula that would freak me out too, because we're still thinking about money in the wrong way. And we're not like, that's very unnerving. So the fact that you're able to sit through that and build through that and grow through that, absolutely phenomenal. Like, thank you, dude. Thank you. It definitely took a good amount of discipline. Um, but yeah, like I think, I think again, I only was able to stay the course because of how much I trusted the success formula from it working so often. So like every single time without fail in the past. Um, and yeah, so I made that, so I made that 40 K and then I continued to day trade now with a lot more capital to work with. And I was able to build it up to 80,000. Yep. And I, I want to add this too, right? So the second thing I wanted to throw on there was 
the 2,000 to 40,000, I know you call it luck, right? You, you've said it before that it was luck. And, you know, I, it's not luck. Like when I look at that, like when I look at you and knowing who you are, I'm like, man, that wasn't luck though. Like, because you did the preparation, you positioned yourself, you put yourself in the position to capitalize on opportunity. May it have been like an outlier of an opportunity. Heck yeah. I mean, that's what, that's when riches happen. That's where wealth is transferred immensely. However, you put yourself in that position, all the preparation work allowed you to be there for that moment. Amen. Amen. I like, I like to say that there's pure luck and then there's, then, then there's prepared luck. So the pure luck is being in the right time, the right place with no prior information, uh, basically like winning the lottery. It, it's just chance, but there is such a thing as pre- like prepared luck, like being in the right time in the right place, but you had to prepare the right information to be able to seize the opportunity. And yeah, you're, I had hundred percent agree. I don't, I didn't want to, I didn't use luck in the pure luck uh, definition, but the prepared luck. Mm, I uh, like that. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's getting lucky is honestly like a skill. If you can think of where you can, where opportunities might come and prepare for it, getting lucky is the easy part. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny, right? Cause every day we say the smarter and harder I work, the luckier I get. Right. And isn't it kind of ironic that we find all these people that like work really hard and really intelligently and they create a plan and put a lot of energy into it. And then it just seems like the lucky breaks always happen to them. Well, yeah, because they've just been stacking up in the pipeline, like all these different series of events, they're planting all these seeds back here. And then now it's harvest season. And it's just like, man, why is this person just getting all this abundance out of nowhere? It's like, it's not out of nowhere. They were you just didn't see them when they were planting. You know, you didn't see when they were watering. You just weren't watching that the garden had been growing this entire time underground. And now it's finally coming up. So Amen. I love that, bro. So essentially you turn the two into 40 and then like what happens there? Cause like, first of all, that's a major, that's a, a big freaking shift, bro. Like that's to me, that's life-changing money, right? When you see two turn to 40, that does something like for me, like when I saw money, like come at me like that, I it did something to me mentally and emotionally. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Like that 40 K was, it was life-changing money, but I'd say that it was life change. Like it can be life-changing money depending on how you use it. Obviously everyone around me, once I made that 40 K was like, dude, get a, go on vacation, bro. You can get a used Tesla, bro. Like <laughs> let's celebrate. But all I could see, especially with how much I planned, again, with the new goal of financial freedom to get to my original goal of doing parkour with, my, with the people that I love whenever I wanted, um, I, all I saw was one very, very small step forward. My goal wasn't to make 40000 My goal is financial freedom, and I'm going to mm-hmm. use that tool. Um, yeah. Let's go. I got, I got to say, let's go to that one, man, because that is, that's keeping your eye on the prize, right? Like that is straight up keeping your eye on the prize. So after you make the 40 K, you know, what decision did you make afterwards? Like how did, what did life look like after that moment? Yeah. So I just kept on grinding. As I said, like I didn't change anything. I didn't go to a party to celebrate. I still went to bed at 10, made sure I was asleep by 10 30 still made sure I woke up 
at 6.30 and only focused on that stock market for the next couple months. And the only reason I stopped is because I got, I, my pro athlete career honestly started to take off. Um, within the span of two months, I got, uh, I got flown out by my sponsor, American Parkour, um, amazing company to work with, um, to Colorado to practice professional tag because the competition was coming up. And then after that, I got to, I got flown out. Uh, I got paid to do stunts in Hawaii, um, for, as you said, Devin Supertramp. And I'd like, as a quick side note, I'd like to say it's crazy how full circle everything has come because I started parkour. I, the first time I ever saw parkour was in Devin Supertramp's videos. And then to now do, do it with him, like do stunts for him was beyond a dream come true. It, I didn't even make it a, I didn't even see it as a dream. I didn't even dream it because I did, it was, that's how far of an impossibility it felt like for me of all the parkour athletes in the world. Like he ended up choosing me and, oh, dude, this honestly comes back to being, being lucky, but again, prepared luck. Uh, his main, the way I got to work with him is his main parkour athlete that he uses, Kalen Chan. Amazing guy. Have you, have you had the chance to meet him? Dude, Kalen is a freaking beast of an athlete and a sweetheart of a human being. Like, oh my gosh. Oh yeah. One of my favorite humans on planet earth. But yeah, uh, that was, Kalen was his main parkour athlete, but he was busy, um, on a competition during the when he planned to shoot in Hawaii. So Kaylin recommended me. And honestly, this is where the prepared luck came in because a couple months ago, or maybe a year or two ago, when me and Kaylin met up at a jam and train, I told him, yo, I know you're working with Devin Supertramp. Dude, if he ever needs another Asian parkour athlete, plug <laughs> your boy. And he did, which was beyond crazy when i got that message so we gotta we gotta hit this on the nail on the head real quick because this is super important and i give you a lot of freaking credit for this actually this is why i'm gonna i don't know if i've ever shared this with you this is one of the main reasons you stood out in my mind you are very very good at planting seeds and then watering them because when i was the director of woodward and you wanted to come out as a parkour pro. You had all the skills to be there as a pro athlete from the very first time you reached out. The only stipulation was you just weren't of age yet. And we couldn't, like, we had a policy of we couldn't bring any more minor pro athletes to camp anymore. However, you did not let that stop you from just every now and then reaching out, planting that seed again, just reminding, like, hey, you know, what do I need to do? Where do I need to be? Who do I need to talk to? What do you need to see from me? How can I bring value to you? Hey, by the way, I noticed this giving a suggestion of this is what you can be done. Like I already did the work. I was just like, holy crap. Like it was so good where like it wasn't even like it wasn't annoying because every time you reached out, you were bringing value and you were just reminding me that like, okay, you exist, right? And you put it out there. And so many people don't do that. And I'm like, guys, like, put it out there. So the fact that you did that, you planted that seed with Caleb, and it was, it could have been like in a joking manner, but it was now out there. 
it was now ready to take root and it'll take time. And years later, like you said, you're now chilling under that tree. It's providing shade for you in that time. So that's really cool. There you go. Honestly, yeah, like the skill of networking and to like plug yourself and like throw, like suggest opportunities or possibilities. I honestly um, got from YouTube and be and like chasing YouTube and social media and the role of a social media figure. Cause like, that's what you need to do to grow your social media. You need to be willing to reach out to people and talk to people expecting nothing in return. Another um, transferable or- skill. I'm sorry. Like I just, I got excited about that. Cause again, it's like, hopefully you all, this is why I love Ethan so much. This is why I said like, you get to watch greatness in a prime. Like you are a thoughtful human. Like you make plans, you create on purpose things, you know, I, I would say they don't ever happen on accident because there's so much behind the scenes. We might get disconnected from the cause and effect because maybe so much time it takes for the actual seed to grow. But you're definitely you're out there planting, bro. You're a diligent farmer. Like you plant and then you care for your garden, which is amazing. Thank you, dude. I appreciate it. But yeah, like so where were where were we oh yeah so i was day trading and then my pro athlete career just started to take off um i got paid to go to hawaii to do stunts for devon um i got i got flown out by my sponsor to play tag with friends from across the united (laughs) states um and then yeah the next thing that happened was that uh, i was invited and paid to go to um camp woodward uh, as a VIP pro athlete. Um, so that was an absolutely amazing experience. That that pro athlete experience at Camp Woodward was the closest thing to what I thought being a pro athlete would be. Literally getting paid to travel and just hang out and train with others. So it was an absolutely amazing experience. And then even after that, uh, basically like two weeks after that, I competed in World Chase Tag, which aired on ESPN and NBC Sports. So if any if anyone listening is interested in watching that, check out World Chase Tag on YouTube. It was it's freaking insane. So you've had a like a holy crap, like you've done more in your life than most people will do. Like you, only at a very young age, you've done a lot. Like you really it's and I want to emphasize this because it's not about the the time, right? Because it's about what you put into it. You put so much effort and energy into your life so far, which is why like, I was super excited to have you come on the show and have you share because I know that I'm very particular about who I ever bring onto the show. I always want to put people of value in front of the audience, in front of my crowd and recognizing that, okay, if people started following Ethan and started listening to him and watching his story and being influenced by him, their lives would only get better. Right. For the simple fact of like you authentically chase after your goals, you are relentless about chasing after your goals every single day, which I freaking love. Now, I want to be I was going to say I want to be super respectful of your time just because I know we've been on here for like over an hour. And uh, dude, we're going to have you come back on for like a second episode because there's so much to unpack with you. Bro. Oh, definitely, bro. We didn't even get to the real estate investing or yeah. the actor goals or all of that. <laughs> yeah, no, dude, like we, we absolutely, we got to do a part two because this yeah. is like just gold, you know, but I do want to ask you, um, you know, two, two pretty serious questions that I love asking everyone 
at the, you know, near the end of our shows, right? And the first yeah. question I want to ask you is, because I'm big into reading, like I'm constantly putting my nose into a book, always PDFs, audiobooks, Audible, YouTube, everything I can do to find information. I'm like there. So can you name at least two, but no more than two books that were total paradigm shifts for you? Like you read these books and your brain has not gone back to thinking the same since. So the first one is Unlimited Power by Anthony Robbins. Have you heard it? Unlimited Power. What, Anthony Robbins, like Tony Robbins? Um, I, I don't know. I think that's, yeah, man. I, I know exactly what book you're I talking think. about. Well, there you go. There you go. Yeah. So the success formula, I honestly, here's the funny thing. I was like writing down the success formula, at least my own definition for it and my own steps for it um, in my notes. And then the next chapter that I read um, that night was exactly on that in uh, unlimited power. Like, I think he calls it something different, like the ultimate formula for success or something similar of the, along that lines. But it's, he essentially, he says exactly what I experienced through my five years of parkour uh, and five years of initial, and honestly, in a broader aspect, uh, just the five years of, per, of being passionate and pursuing something. So it, I highly recommend anyone listening to read Unlimited Power if you want to know, like learn exactly all of the lessons that you would learn um, from chasing something. And yeah, instead of basically five years of pursuing something, you can just read that book. <laughs> you know, it's really ironic. And like, I swear to you, this is how like the universe lines things up. You know what I was listening to this morning in the gym? Huh? I uh, not. It was, he has like a teaching course that went along with this book. And I was listening to that live course this morning while I was working out. That's why even like, as you were like going through it, I'm like, this is so crazy. Like this was literally on my mind this morning in the gym. High achieving minds. Think alike. What can I say? <laughs> Dude, I love that. I love that. All right. So unlimited so, power by Anthony Robbins. Yeah. And honestly, just for the audience, the second, the second recommendation is one of two or both, which it's going to be unconventional, but comics and a journal. Because I don't know, most of us, I feel like most of our generation and the newer generations that are growing up with instant gratification and social media and uh, basically forms of just visual media, um, just don't read. Like it's not normal, at least in my, in my, all in my friend groups and in my family, reading is not normal. Um, I don't know if it's the same for you, but, um, yeah, comics is what got me started in wanting to start reading, uh, fiction novels and then fiction novels got me comfortable with reading, uh, personal, personal growth books. And then the personal growth books led me to start reading, um, finance books over the years. So 
I, the reason why I say comments is just to find something to get you started with the idea of reading. Cause I feel like everyone just gets such a bad taste in their mouth when it comes to reading from being forced to again, every like having someone tell you to read rather than reading because you want to. I, I can agree with you more. I, me reading actually blossomed from all the mangas I used to read. Like I used there to be like sitting in Barnes and Noble, just like literally tearing through them and like going online, reading like all the time for hours. And that just got me accustomed to reading text and seeing text. And then also turning on my imagination to play the movie on the mental screen. And that's yeah. a muscle that needs to be worked and needs to be flexed. And if people aren't doing that, it's like you're missing out on one of the coolest things about being a human. You know, so when people say they hate reading, I'm like, you don't hate reading. I think you've just read a lot of things that you don't like. Go find things that you're interested in and then watch how reading turns around. Beautifully said. Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, But yeah, the other book, just being journaling, being a journal is because we all fight our own demons. Like mental health, like mental health problems is so rampant and extreme um, in society for various amount of reasons, but just getting comfortable with journaling and writing down all of the crazy thoughts going through your head. Like it did so much for me, especially once I started pursuing entrepreneurship. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And again, like it brings us back to what you said earlier, as far as like being a producer and being a creator, right? It's, you know, when we read, it's not just consumption. Now it's also an opportunity for us to, when we journal, we can put back thoughts. We could create words again. And I would agree with you hundred percent when I'm super stressed out, I'll actually take a piece of paper, write everything out, get it out of my mind. So I get it out of myself. I put it on the paper where now I could do something about it. And I go and I light that paper on fire. And it sounds so like, what are you a teenage girl? Well, it works. <laughs> I feel it really works. freaking good afterwards and I can get back to doing what I need to do. So yeah, if you think I'm a silly teenage girl, well, six figure February. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, That's all I got to say. Yeah. That's absolutely amazing. Yeah. You know, you so go. I want to ask you this final question. And this one's my favorite question. Uh, I love asking people this. I'm going to absolutely put together a book, you know, a, with everyone's answers. So you know, that's me keeping myself accountable because someone's going to be like, yo, where's that book at, bro? You always say you're going to put that book out. Like, all right, like, let me put the book together. The question goes like this. I want you to imagine that tomorrow morning you wake up and as you wake up, you're blinking into consciousness. You're, you know, kind of looking around and you are a blank slate. Like you don't remember anything. You don't remember the parkour moves. You don't remember your dreams. You don't remember your goals. You don't remember any of the trial and error. You don't remember the stocks, the options, the mentorship, none of it. Like totally blank. Now you're not freaking out. You're not scared. It's not a Saw movie. Like you're in a pretty safe place and you know that. And you start to have a thought come to your mind. And as the thought comes to you, you acknowledge it you accept it and you don't question it at all. You just fully take it as truth and you begin to work with it. And that thought begins the foundation of everything else to come. What would you ideally want that thought to be? Hmm. See, it's a toss up between two things. And I'd love your input on this. Part of me wants to say the success formula 
And part of me wants to say, find your passion. And the reason why it's a toss up is because find your passion, like someone can find their passion, find what interests them. But again, more often than not, people get swayed by what everyone else thinks they should do. And then they disregard their passion, what makes them happy as a priority. But on the flip side, if you have the success formula in your head, but you don't know where to apply it, then you're not, then it's, then it's pretty much useless because struggling, struggling, like part of the success plan as success formula is to struggle. And if you're not passionate about your goal, then the struggle isn't going to be worth it. Man. I, I love that because one, I would say you already know the answer because you're the living testament of it. And I love that like you presented it that way because I think you presented it the way most people would think about it, where they look at it as a this or that. And in your life, you've taken it as a this and that, where you said, hey, why don't I just apply the success formula to what I'm passionate about? And that becomes your first thought where it's like, hey, go find out what you're passionate about and then apply the success formula to it. And that would be the thing that you took and ran with because that's what you're doing. You know, and exactly. you, you do it with faith. You do it with, like, you take action and you do it every day and you apply that. So that's wicked cool, man. I, that's actually like, I'm really happy you said it like that and you put it like that because <laughs> I think a lot of people, like they would think that where it's like this or that, it's like, man, we can get rid of that word or and make an end for when it arises and when it's necessary and life becomes really stinking cool. Hey, I mean, if that's the case, then you wake up, <laughs> you're like, all right, first find your passion and then apply the success formula. If that, like, if I were to, if I were a blank slate, I know for a fact that if those instructions were in my mind, I'd end up where I am. I'd end up in the same place, just as happy, just as successful. I freaking love that. So Ethan, I got to know now for everyone that's like just finding about you, out about you for the first time. And they're like, yo, this dude is freaking rad. I want to connect with him. How can they connect with you? Where should they go? Like, how do they find you? Dude, you already know, as you, as you know, I'm a social media figure on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Ethan twists with a Z at the end instead of an S. I post all the time on everything. <laughs> I freaking love it. And seriously, I'd recommend going and connecting and plugging in with Ethan start to curate like who's on your social media feed. Make sure that the people on there are absolutely growing you, feeding you and helping you to become more. Ethan does that for me. That's why I can't unfollow him because I'm genuinely entertained, educated, and I get motivated to keep working and keep grinding. So Ethan, I got to say, bro, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for spending the time to be here. We are absolutely doing a round two because we need to dive into your real estate journey next and learn more about what you got planned for the future. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Dude, thank you for having me. It was an absolute pleasure and I'm excited for next time. Dude, heck yeah, brother. There we go. Okay, guys. So I really hope you enjoyed that interview. Once again, I ask that if you receive any value at all, I mean 
anything, if one thing stood out to you, leave a comment below. Let people know what that thing was. Let us know what it was. We do read all of the comments and absolutely share this with a friend. That is how we help each other, okay? The best thing you can do is pass on knowledge and information that's helping you grow. Send that out to your friends. Help them grow. Build your network and build your power team. Let's all get this together. So I want you guys to click that share button, click that like button, subscribe, make sure you're here for the next episode. And remember that the greatness is already inside of you.